Attention all mortals, veterans and civilians alike. It's time to buckle up and get ready for a wild ride because you just tuned in to the Swandingo Files. Your host, Steven Swanson, is here to help you navigate the crazy world of transitioning from military life to civilian life. And let me tell you, it's a bumpy road, but with a little bit of humor and a lot of determination, we can make it through together. And welcome back to another episode of the Swan Dingo Files. Today, I have Taylor Proctor. She's a business coach, and she's going to tell us how our skills in the military as leaders can transition to being such great coaches on the outside today and how effective we have become. And you know what? It's not a bad idea because we're hard-nosed assholes, so let's fucking do it. So <laughs> how's it going today, Taylor? Oh, going so well. Thank you so much for having me on today. Really excited to chat. Well, I looked over your resume. I noticed that you're a busy person and that you've done, you got an extensive resume and I've done quite a bit, way more than I've done so far, but eh, I'll, I'll catch you one day. Give me, give me one year <laughs> and yeah. But so today I just kind of want to go over, uh, you know, what got you into the space? Like what was your turning point in life? What made you so successful and how you networked and then how you think us asshole military guys and women, not just guys, women too, because they're sometimes worse. Um, <laughs> how is it that our skills can pertain to becoming, you know, being so successful in your realm? So sure. if you want to go ahead and lead us, lead us off with, how did you get in this space? Absolutely. So uh, being this space is that I am a business coach. Previous to that, I was a transformational happiness mentor. And the mentoring and the coaching side of things have always ran up until the last year parallel with a corporate career. And that corporate career is 15 years in marketing operations and leadership. And I did happiness mentoring because I have to admit, uh, I was an asshole and I was incredibly angry all the time. I, my husband had a phrase. Hell hath no fury like Taylor, mildly inconvenienced. Could I love not, that saying. Yes, and I could not stand, like, inefficiencies. Like, just it's anything that says inconvenience would just set me over the edge. And also with that phrase, we hit a couple of marks where it was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to keep a husband much longer <laughs> if I'm this angry, raging psycho all the time because life is filled with inconveniences. And so I started to look at what happiness meant to me while running corporate career. And I started to understand that I had a belief that happiness was inherent when, in fact, it's a learned skill. And you can learn anything, right? So if you look at happiness, it's not something that's inherent or natural for humans, but instead something you can learn how to do. Now it's something you can move forward into and change your life. Right? You can start to build the habits to put that in place. So I started, I got certified as well, but I started my own happiness journey. A couple years into that, I kind of looked back and went, wow, I'm actually happy like 90% of the time. And I'm a human. I still get mad. I still get irritated by small inconveniences, but it's a quick blip instead of talking about it for the next four months. But I started mentoring people to be able to do the same because it there's there's patterns, right? There's clues of okay, I was in this space and I felt this way, I did these things, and it started to shift and change. 
I'm sure there's other people who were in that space that I was in. We can do these things together and things will start to shift and change. And then I moved into business mentoring and coaching when I had clients coming to me saying everything in my life is incredible. Like I feel so much better. We had a skill um, set scale of like, okay, where are you at on a scale of one to 10 and how you're feeling around your skills of happiness. And a lot of my clients would come to me at a two or a three. So not hopeless, but like this kind of sucks. And after 10 weeks of working together, we would bump them up to a seven, eight or nine. And I have clients who I still talk to four years later and they're still in that seven, eight and nine range. So there's a sustainability in building the habits and the patterns to build your happiness, right? And maintain that skill. I might need but to get a hold of you. I might need to get a hold of you because I'm about a two or three right now. So, mm. <laughs> so how, how, uh, so starting off with, uh, how is your, how is your husband's happiness before and then you change? How's his happiness now? Oh, much better. <laughs> he's oh, not, awesome. he's not walking on eggshells wondering what's going to tip me off. <laughs> much more stable. But yeah. So I had, but I had clients coming to me and being like, I'm at a seven, eight or nine. Like I feel so much happier now. I just wish I could get my business to where it needs to be. Now keep in mind, I had this whole secret life where I was doing marketing operations and leadership, running organizations and teams while doing my mentoring and coaching on the side. And so that really kind of blended this in of becoming a business coach and helping these individuals build the habits to grow their business and also maintain their happiness in their business itself. So that's how I kind of like came to this area. And I can imagine already just even hearing this story, there's quite a few things that you as as uh, ex-military can kind of glean to, right? Like routine, mm. habits, stepping into this of like this ownership component. There's success leaves clues. Doing it in certain ways will generate certain results. We know that, at, like all of us know that, but I know especially that military individuals know that by heart. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Um, like I said, I've only been in the space, you know, about a year now, and I'm, I never realized it even existed to this to this level, but I'm seeing a lot of veterans, they're really taking off and they're really, and it is the discipline, um, the routine, the go get them attitude, the nose to the grind. Um, but you said something though, happiness. So, I mean, that's something that I guess we don't really put enough focus on. Um, anybody. Um, I mean, I know there's days I get up and like I was talking to you before we even started, I was just like, you know, I've had so many ups and downs this week. It's just like, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Um, but this also does, and the reason I want to keep going to this does help my, help my therapy also, but I, I guess I never really put, heard anybody put an emphasis on happiness. There's always health and stuff like that, but it's never happiness. So that, yeah, I think you're the first person that's ever, I've ever heard put an emphasis on happiness. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that it is, when we look at happiness, it can start to transform our lives because it's not this, I like, I like to say that there's like a, a spectrum. So have you ever seen, it's those, they, on the 90s desks, <laughs> right? Where it's like the, the frame and there's the metal ball in between and it just goes back and forth and back and forth. So for a lot of us, just human nature is that we pretend we're that ball, but instead of going back and forth, we swing a little bit on the negative side of life, right? On the side of just grind in, grind out, some stuff like that. 
And then we'll have blips to the other side, right? Oh, got married. Great. And then we kind of come back to our, our standard of you know, life is life. Got a promotion. Great. You know, back to standard life is life. Uh, but what we can do is we can build the habits to start to make that standard the positive with occasional blips to the negative, right? So because life happens, right? So you're now you're hanging out in the positive through your habits. You're focusing on happiness. You're building that library that catalog in your brain of these are the tools I have to be happier in my life you're building that sustainable measurable happiness component and you're hanging out up there and then something happens I got fired I got let go from a job flip down you have the tools the expertise to not live there but to work through it understand and come back and so there's a huge piece of like when you do focus on happiness everything in your life starts to transform and shift from living in this. And again, I put air quotes around negative because it's not necessarily negative. It's just a life that a lot of us don't want to live. And instead living there and occasional blips to the positive and living for those blips. What if we live every day in the positive and we have occasional negative blips, but we come right back. That makes a lot more sense. I need help. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's just you know, life life does come and hit you in the face, and we do tend to dwell on that negative a little bit too long instead of just moving past it. And that's something I think a lot of us need to learn. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry, I just quit smoking like ten, eleven days ago. So congratulations. I, yeah, well, I'm quitting, so we'll we'll get there. Yeah, I, I I consider thirty days or more actually quit, but yeah, so I've been having a lot of uh lung problems, like yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it, it, it comes up. It comes up. It comes out. It comes up and comes out, and then you get that clarity of that like day thirty. So it's gonna be oh awesome. My God. It's like so much better. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> so you said something about getting certified, though. What do you got to get certified at, or how do you get it? So it was a life coaching certification, um, but I directed it specifically towards happiness, and then I also have a certificate of completion for the science of well-being through Yale. And that's also a very happiness related. But the core piece of both of those came into like building the habits, building the habits, building the habits. And I think that that's an incredible skill set to be able to leverage. And a lot of people don't know how to build habits, don't know how to come into the routine of things and day in and day out, they get bored, they want to move on. But when you can look at your life and go, all right, well, if I journal every day, and it makes me feel better, and it clears out the negativity in me, why wouldn't I do this every day? And I I personally believe that as military veterans, there's things that you guys had to do every day that us civilians don't do because we're either too lazy or we don't see the value in it. And it's like, take that skill set that you guys have, and you can rock it and put it towards your own happiness. And you even said this too, like that go-get-it attitude. I really like to look at business, and I recently – have been exploring this idea of as a business coach, you have peacetime CEOs and you have wartime CEOs and wartime CEOs are extremely focused. What is the, what is the directive? What are we doing to get there? Let's get it going. And that's supported by building the habits and routines in place to really take off and go and get yourself to a peacetime CEO component. But you've got to have that drive. You've got to have those routines, those habits to support your life and your business to go forward, which is Coming back to the original question, why I think that especially in the coaching industry or as business owners, military veterans have got the, you guys have the advantage. You guys have got it. You have the skills. You have everything you need way ahead of the normal everyday person. And it's just a matter of tapping into it on a business and a happiness perspective. 
So how does uh okay so because I'm still fairly new but and I'm not a business coach of any kind or any kind of any coach of any kind. I mean I can lead privates in the military, but you know speaking the biggest fear of people is public speaking. Mm-hmm. I'm sure at one point you had that too. How 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 did you get over yours? So great question. I love that. I got over that in two ways, right? You always hear, don't care about what the audience thinks, right? Because the thing that you're afraid of is what the audience is going to think or how they're going to react to you. Well, when you kind of, when you, that's step one, right? Like, I don't care what the audience thinks. I'm here. But what that does is that kind of makes it about you. And that doesn't really work to connect with your audience either. So then you're kind of in this back and forth, like, I'm afraid to talk, but also like, I'll just tap into my ego and then I'll step in to talk. And then you're not relating with people and it just causes all these problems. So step one is to like not care what somebody thinks, but also to care more about your message and the mission than the worrying what people think about you. So if you can step into it and say, you know what, I don't care what these people think about me, but also I care that they hear my mission and my message because it's bigger than me. Mm. And it can help change their lives. And when you can tap into that, where it's not about you, it's not what do they think about you, but it's about the mission, the message that's bigger than you and how that can change their lives. Then stepping on stage is as quickly as like flipping a switch, right? This is not about me. It's about the mission and the message. And I will do my best to be able to share that. And the best is the best that I can do. And so just having that mindset shift of kind of, again, not caring what they think, but it's not about you not caring what they think about you. It's more so about, I don't care what they think about me. I care about my mission and my message, and that can change the world. And so I'm willing to show up to whoever, whenever, however I need to, to help spread that. Nice. Uh, that's a very good point. And I, never, I guess I never really thought about <clears throat> Yeah. Sorry. I guess I really thought about that way. So let's say I'm a transitioning veteran. I'm getting ready to get out. I want to be a, uh, a life coach or something because I've seen some really crazy stuff. And I want to help people. Where do you even begin? Like, how? Like, you just, I don't even know where to begin. Um, uh, The first question I would ask is, who do you want to help? Say veterans. Let's say just veterans, uh, not just transitioning, but improve their life, um, combat suicide, because, you know, that's a big problem in the military. And I know there is a bunch that are trying to get into it, but there's always a need for more homelessness. Um, you know, not just veterans. It should be first responders, too, because yeah, doing this, I realize first responders are they're, they're pretty fucked up, too, just like some veterans. Yeah. Excuse my French. But yeah. it's just like. I mean, we, most of us only know where to start. Most of us didn't even have the urge when we got out. Like, I never wanted to talk to people when I got out. And yeah. here I am today. You know, I don't even know how many episodes I'm into now. And talk to people all over the world now. And it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is, is to not have a pressure point when you do get out to I suddenly I've got to go and do all these things. Like, take the breathing room, heal and understand where you need to be, how you need to now interact in this I'm going to say new world, right, that you've trans- you're transitioning to. But when the time feels right that you step into, like, I want to help people, and understanding who you want to help is the first and foremost most important thing. Because now, and you've mentioned it so eloquently, like, you know who you want to help and you know what they're struggling with. 
And at that point, you can look at that and go, is that something I can help them with? Those things that they are struggling with, I feel called to help them. Is that something I can actually help them with? And the answer is usually yes, because you've gone through it yourself. And at that point, now you can step into like, okay, what is the message? Like, what do these individuals need to hear? And then you start sharing and spreading that message. And then you people start coming to you. And I'm way oversimplifying, but like share that message. People will start coming to you and asking you like, okay, well, what are my next steps? What do I do? And they say, you know what? I'm happy to coach you through that. And now you have coaching clients. That's like the in very simple terms, but ultimately that's what it is, right? Take the breather to get get yourself straight. Then decide who it is that you want to help and who you're called to help. What are their pain points, their problems, what are they struggling with? Can you help them with that? What message do they need to hear to help change their lives? Start sharing that message. And those individuals will be able to grasp onto that message, start to change their lives just from hearing it, and then go, well, how do I change them further? How do I go through this transition period? A funny thing. So I just want everybody to hear, and I hope it recorded properly. Taylor Proctor today said, I put something eloquently. She's the first woman in history, probably in the entire world, that ever said I did anything eloquently. So <laughs> this is on record right now. So I know you've helped this a lot. Of companies. How many total companies have you worked with? Uh, several. Um, I honestly I don't keep count anymore. Um, but I've worked with coach. I've worked with um clients and coaches and businesses more than I can count. Some of my like higher level names, especially with my corporate careers, I worked with companies like Google, Stanford University, Stanford School of Medicine, Waze, Ness, Johnson and Johnson, and several others. And then in my coaching career, I again I've stopped counting. Uh it's more than a hundred <laughs> uh of individuals that I've helped in their business or through uh the mentoring components. So enough a lot. <laughs> That is a lot. Oh my God. And you said some yeah. big names there, especially, especially Google. And I know yeah. Nest and I know Jesus. Yeah. And Google <laughs> owns Nest. Um, yeah. and same with Waze. So all that was like one relationship that kind of built out, but, uh, even Johnson, Johnson, Stanford, all of those too. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's, that's, I, you just made me feel like that big. So I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, um, so what, out of everything you've done, uh, which one's your favorite? The marketing or the coaching or all that, you know, which one mm. do you find more enjoyable, I guess you can say? Well, I had mentioned at the beginning that I worked in corporate up until a year ago. And so I've moved full time into, uh, my coaching consulting company and working for myself. And I love that. And in that, I get the opportunity to work with so many clients that it's it's an amazing blend of the two, right? I get to coach them as they step into leadership, but then also uh, help them grow and scale their businesses. And it's the combination of that because it is a lot of mindset pieces. It's stepping into understanding that you can be a leader. Like when you get a point where you're scaling your business, scaling usually requires hiring, which then usually requires stepping into being a leader of some sort. And looking at yourself as a leader, as well as the owner of the company and what needs to be done and delegation and relying on people. So there's a lot of like coaching that I do in that space. But then I also do a lot of coaching in like, okay, how do we market your business so it can scale and grow? How do we build the operations? How do we get that velocity and that execution component in? So 
There's a lot of coaching that happens in the business coaching on the mindset piece of being a leader, as well as like, sometimes you got to step into things that you didn't know your brain was blocking you on. Like I've worked with coaches before. I do something called quantum power days, which is a full day, whether on in person or on zoom, where I work with business owners to help them grow their business and get the like the to do things done on their list. And I've worked with seven figure coaches that had blocks that they didn't know that they had. And so we worked on the mindset piece and the habit piece to help them get through that. And then we were able to execute in that power day. And what we worked on in that power day resulted in a half million dollars of sales for them. So like amazing things happen when it's the combination of coaching and the business. So I can't really pick a favorite other than just saying I love my life and my business now because I get a lot of that versatility of working with so many business owners, so many uh, coaches, so many leaders and helping them really elevate and scale their businesses. Oh, you got quite the life it seems like. So when <laughs> when do you take time for you though? Like you got to take your own time. When when do you take yeah. Taylor time? Oh, all the time. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that you're actually, I get asked this all the time. Um, so little side secret. Uh, I probably, I take a bath every night. Uh, I take a nap in the middle of the day. I journal, I read, I work out for an hour and a half. I, I drink a gallon of water a day. Like I, I take care of myself and I have, I love it. Uh, I have so many, I have a lot of built in space to take care of myself. So I don't burn out. I love what I do. And that helps too, right? That helps to not burn out. Like you don't have to take care of yourself to the extreme when you love what you do because that in its own right is taking care of you. And so there's, I don't, and I also don't believe in balance. I think that the whole conception of balance is a complete lie and it keeps people stuck. And so like, I don't do housework. I pay somebody to come clean my house. I don't clean. I eat raw food. It is, there is it's what it is. I don't cook. Like I, I, yeah, I don't do any of those things. So <laughs> I don't believe in balance. I believe in doing what I love. And that really creates a lot of that self care built in plus take care of myself uh, with spare hours in the day. I need to learn that one, but uh, let me know when you want to uh, come babysit my six kids and, and uh, we'll, get, we'll get some, that way I can get a little bit of balance in my life. So There you go. <laughs> so how can people uh, get a hold of you and find you? Yeah, so really easy. My name is Taylor Proctor and my website is taylorproctor.com. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-P-R-O-C-T-O-R. So how much longer are you planning on uh, doing all this coaching until you retire? Uh, well, I think that's an interesting question because I actually have a retirement plan in place. Uh, within the next three to five years, I'll be able to do that and I still will coach because I love it so much. That's a, uh, I don't know if I should ask this question. How old are you? I'm 35. Know, you're what? 35. And you're, you're, holy, I'm way behind the power curve here. <laughs> holy crap. Everybody has their own life journey, their own directions, the things that they're going through. Mine is just I have a three to five year plan and it's it's already panning out and it's gonna be great. Well, I'm glad you jumped on here and that is awesome. Uh, you be you could be done with everything by the time you're forty. Traveling the world. And I would suggest just get an R I suggest get an R V and just travel the United States and then just do the same thing somewhere else. Yeah. But, oh, that sounds like some that sounds awesome. But I appreciate you coming on today. And this is it on this episode of the Swandingo Files. And I'm going to tell you, say this one more time. First woman that 
ever say I put something eloquently. <laughs> so, but this wraps up this episode with a dango H.O. baby. Everybody have a good day. Well, folks, that's all we have for today's episode of the Swandingo Files. I hope you've enjoyed this journey with your host, Stephen Swanson, as much as he enjoys recording it. Remember, transitioning from military life to civilian life is tough. But with a little bit of grit, a dash of humor, and a lot of determination, you can overcome any obstacle. So until next time, keep on trucking, and keep Swandingoing.